0: Hey guys, Luke McElroy from Mess Performance Consulting. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast, joined today by Nick and Tyler. Uh, we're going to go through a bit of a research study we saw come through Instagram from Lab Rat Rundown is the Instagram handle. And what he did was compare uh, eight different running shoes and, and, and 12 runners uh, different running economy um, whilst wearing each of those shoes. So just as a, as a quick refresher, running economy is to do with um, how much oxygen you use at a given speed. So I'll, I'll throw it to Nick in a sec to talk about the specifics of the experiment. But what we're looking for is uh, running at the same speed with less oxygen required, that would be an improvement in running economy. Nick, you've got the research study in front of you. Do you want to quickly go through the nuts and bolts?
1: Yeah, so the, the basis of it was that they took the, the seven, seven carbon plated shoes, um, so including the, the vapor flyers, the alpha flyers, a um, pair of the Hocker Rocket X. Uh, a couple of other couple of other ones out in the market and compared them to a standard I want to say a standard racing shoe so um, in this case they picked an, an asic shoe that wasn't carbon plated plated but more of a, a typical shoe that you might find prior to all these ones coming coming out and being available um, and they they put a put 12 12 pretty highly trained runners so according to the study their 5k best average was in and around 16 or so minutes for 5k so um Key thing to notice is that these guys weren't weren't exactly dawdling along. They're pretty quick as it as it is, but then um, they they went through a series of eight five minute trials. So one five minute trial in each shoe, repeated that again on a second day, um, and mixed up the order to to then assess their their running running mechanics and metabolic um, data as well, which is what's listed here. Um, do, you me, do you want me to give away what what the winner was, or we'll save that for a little bit later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. yeah so but, summary. Yeah. So basically. Um, the, the, all of it was then kind of linking back to, well, the Vaporfly 2s have been sort of the standard for a while in terms of these, these super shoes, if you like. Um, and so they, they only found uh, the, the new Alpha Flies and I think it was the, the Asics Metaspeed Skies to be uh, similar or somewhat on par with the Vaporfly 2s. Um, so basically what they're saying is a lot, of the, a lot of the other brands haven't quite caught up to how good the Nike shoes are just yet. Um, and there was a bit of a spread anywhere between sort of 1% improvement for, for some of the, the lesser shoes all the way up to that sort of three and 4% we know um, from the Nike issues that we, we get the benefit from. So a bit of an interesting, interesting study, but like we said, there's a couple of things in there that um, particularly that how quickly those guys are, it makes it a little bit difficult to then translate that down to, to all sort of levels of performance that might, might be trying to use the shoe, but um, I don't think anyone's really surprised that the Nike shoes are still number one. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that, that. So they
0: did this test on a treadmill, and was it, was it five minutes or eight minutes they ran for?
1: It was five minutes. So they did, they did five minutes in one shoe. I swapped shoes, I believe, and then five minutes in another shoe, because they had seven, seven test shoes in the, the control. So eight reps total. Yeah,
0: and I guess why that's significant is you know, just from our experience doing a lot of metabolic testing, they were measuring oxygen consumption, five minutes of steady state probably okay I assume they take the the last minute or so of that that would make sense but again as long as it's consistent then there, there should be significant you know results it should be relatively reliable um and I guess just to give some percentage numbers and we'll link let's link this uh the the graphic we're looking at we'll link it into the show notes below but um the winner being Nike Air Zoom Alpha Flyers you know it's a 3.03 percent decrease which is better so in our oxygen consumption. So we're talking from going 51.7 in the ASICs hyperspeed to, to 50.1. So 3% is significant, but also at the same time, I think I could reduce my oxygen. As a submax workload, I could probably reduce my oxygen consumption similar by almost purposely relaxing a little bit more into it and focusing on my running technique. So there's always those extraneous variables. 3% sounds huge and it's significant, but it is only 1.6 mils per kilo, which um yeah it's still significant but there are uh, i reckon i could probably do that too potentially as well but that's not to discredit it because they've done they've had 12 people do it Uh, they've used different shoes and that was still clearly the winner so kudos to nike air zooms um I guess the other thing to note here as well is that in terms of the speed they're running at 16 k's an hour, what were their what were their 5k times? I can't remember if you mentioned that or not, but it was pretty quick.
1: Yeah, so their their 5k the 5k average across the 12 runners was 16 16 minutes plus or minus 0.7 of a minute. So they're all pretty fast. Um, so, yeah, 16, so that's like what 16 three, kilometers an hour as a 315 pace. Yeah. yeah, 16 16 kilometers an hour as their testing speed, is pretty sub maximal for for this group of group of runners. Um, yeah, I think that's,
0: I think that's worthwhile. knowing. So they're probably not probably they're below threshold as well, not heaps yeah. below, but they are below their threshold, um, which means that they should have a, a fairly good running technique, running form f- for them. Cause they're not over stretching their limits so for, for me doing 16 and versus them is a, is a bit different. So they're, they're sort of just below their threshold, um, not cruising, but close enough to cruising. You know?
1: Yeah. And that's um, kind of, yeah. that's one of the, the points they made is like, um, they're more looking at a context of what would this implicate in a marathon rather than a shorter distance event. Um, yeah. So they look at potential energy difference across an estimated marathon. Um, they've got that in in there as well, and and the real like they're talking about the real benefit being improved economy, um, which obviously economy the further you go, the more important economy is um, in terms of distance of event.
0: Yeah. Yep. I guess the major thing that pops out to me is as a talking point is talking about like the kinetic energy transfer. So they all have these, you know, big cushiony hyper foam, special magic foams, whatever it is, they've got foam in the shoes. Um, And I guess how that translates to performance. So we know that you can only use the shoes effectively for a certain number of Ks, depending on on which shoe it is. And um, the faster you run, the more kinetic energy you should have stored and the more elastic energy should have stored into the foam, which will give you a, a bigger pushback. So, that this 3% improvement that you get at 16 Ks an hour, theoretically would be like a probably a one or a one and a half percent improvement if you're running at 10 or 11 or 12, because you're putting less force through the shoe. Put less in the shoe, you're gonna get less back. So that's another thing to consider as well. Um, Tyler, do you wanna sort of touch on um, maybe how these types of shoes might change your running form just based on your discussions with with, um, a run shoe operator that you had earlier?
2: Yeah, well, I think the thing to keep in mind, I actually was just thinking they, they've missed, I don't know when this study was done, but I think Adidas have come out. They've got a shoe that is pretty well, well, there's no testing on it, but it seems like it's probably caught up and they're sort of matching Nike now with a few options, looking at some world marathon results and things like that. Um, and Adidas, actually, for all you triathletes out there, are the first ones to have gone to create a shoe that falls outside international athletics rules. So they brought in rules stating, I think 40 mil, 40 mil is the maximum stack you can have, maximum amount of foam you can have under a shoe before it becomes illegal and and one carbon plate only because the, the shoe Kipchoge ran into run sub two had one full length plate plus two half length plates and was almost a spring built into it. So there's a few rules and Adidas have just gone ahead and you can find it's 50 mil. It looks absolutely ridiculous. And I think from what I've seen, it feels like you're standing on top of a couple of unstable blocks when you're in them. So there's a lot of things going on, um, and I think your shoe choice here. So what we've been seeing at World Marathon level and probably half Ironman level is the Vaporfly, even though it's the older of the Nike shoes, seems to be remaining the most popular for a lot of the faster runners, and it is a little bit lighter. Um it is not as stable that's the thing if you haven't seen it try and look up a photo there's some photos from world marathons with some of the best runners in the world in these horrible looking over pronation points where it looks like their ankles are about to snap in wood so that's something especially the bait and flight um to be real careful of it's they're not very stable i run in a pair and they work pretty well for me because i've an issue or a supinate a little bit i don't actually roll in enough so that sort of helps with me but the Alpha Fly with it's a bit heavier, it's a lot more stable. That seems to be the go-to for your Ironman athletes, where they're a bit slower and a bit more stability. Then there's like your Cicconis. I think they run a bit more traditionally. They seem, everyone seems to rave about them and they and say they're really good, but they run a bit more traditionally. They're not, they don't have as much instability in them. Um, the latest ASICs coming two versions. There's a Metaspeed, Metaspeed Sky and Metaspeed Edge or something like that. And I think one is got greater stack and is more for super fast running. And then there's another one, which they look almost identical, but it is slightly less foam in it, a bit more stability made for running off the bike and those type of things. So it's interesting because they're starting to get to that point where it's not just here's our super light, super responsive foam. We've we'll put some carbon plates in, but they're thinking about how it might work for elite runners and also then what's going to be best for everyday runners um but yeah we did discuss because traditionally and i've always run in sort of pretty flat light shoes with not much cushioning at all and i think that that you when you run in those shoes you run a certain way your feet compensate and your knees and you, you have to do the the load absorption when you run because your shoes aren't doing it and so um, I mean, it promotes a certain level of, of good technique, which obviously in these shoes you don't need. So we, with Steve and I, Steve at the running company in Lillardale, shout outs, um, we did discuss it. It would be interesting um, the, the difference between running economy and running at a certain speed for your oxygen consumption. Luke will get me if I get this wrong. And efficiency, and your movement efficiency in your, in your technique whether even for elite runners whether these shoes allow their actual technique the efficiency of their technique to be a little bit worse because the foam and the and the carbon soles and whatever it is are are doing such a good job that the the net outcome is that you still run faster and I've always worried a little bit doing too much running in their shoes what it will do when you get out of them and if it's going to change your technique a little bit and you're going to promote injuries or, or things like that because you you get so used to the and if you haven't put a pair on, they do feel they are so plush. They feel so nice. And um, when you're up and running quick, it's my life, certainly whether it's in my head or what, but it certainly feels like they're helping and you can run faster, easier. And the other, the other thing which doesn't get spoken about as much is that I, it feels like it beats your body up a bit less. Like you've just got so much padding when you run, like you do a, a one hour hard effort. And it does feel for me. It feels like it doesn't beat your legs up as much, and you you come out of that a lot better than perhaps you would in a firmer firmer traditional race shoe.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it's a couple of interesting points to touch on there. Like the I've got a note here saying eccentric load because in theory there'd be more eccentric load because you're not because the foam's going to be compressing, and then in theory you've got to like it's like an impulse principle. You're increasing the time of impulse. So what does that do in a normal yeah. shoe? If, you, if you're increasing the time and, and 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 the the padding is absorbing you slowly you're going to be losing energy but this is one where it's like well it's storing the energy and then bouncing back at you so that's where the benefit is but it's interesting a couple you said of races,
2: it's, first couple of races i did i definitely and again i've run faster in those shoes and there's so many things it could be but i've pulled up with sore calves like really i was gonna say i'm gonna really imagine that,
0: yeah really sore calves in particular because that eccentric load as as you know nick is is the, the the biggest contributor towards doms in in weightlifting
1: yeah it's well the eccentric part's always going to be the most damaging part because you're absorbing um and that that's where i mean like even just looking at at impacts, like what's the, the one thing that gets a lot of people when they start running if they take a break off running and they start running again, regardless of what shoes they're, they're in, it's usually the impact of running that a lot of people complain about is the, the part that's causing them some issues in terms of injury and soreness and and all of that, because it's going to be the, the greatest amount of load going through the body. Um, so, yeah, I can only imagine it be a little bit e- exacerbated by um, increasing some of those forces.
0: And for those at home who aren't really familiar with what we're talking about, eccentric load, go run down a hill for... 20 minutes <laughs> and feel how you and see how your quads feel the next day. It's sure it's an easy session aerobically, but your quads are getting torn up through that eccentric load because gravity is accelerating you down. So you're going, you're not going one times body weight or six times, you're going more times body weight because it's you're being accelerated by gravity. And then the eccentric load just tears up your eccentric means that the muscle's lengthening rather than contracting. So when you reach out down a hill, it's actually lengthening. Um and then it's it's yeah, it just tears up your muscle. <laughs> that's, that's my scientific input into it. It hurts. You get a lot of doms the next day. Um, I guess the other thing I've got here noted is is obviously technology is getting advanced pretty quickly with this sort of stuff. Um, I know some people are naturally heel strikers and some are forefoot strikers. And I know there's some, I don't know the specifics of which shoe does what, but I know that there are um, you know running shoes that are built specifically for heel foot strikers versus forefoot strikers, um, because that's obviously going to have a different, benefit to that to those people some people probably wouldn't benefit at all by wearing a certain runner but would benefit quite a lot by wearing another one just by the placement of the foam um nick or tyler are you familiar with any variations in specifics or not necessarily oh
2: uh, no that first asics first attempt at putting the hat in the ring with a meta racer i think it was which i, got. I think that was that had a that sort of technology was around this curve it's actually a little bit like that hyperspeed they used in this study but um and i think that was promoting that rolling so that would work pretty well. Um, but that got pretty widely canned because it was a lot firmer and it didn't feel anything like the other super shoes, although Fredino did the fastest ever Kona by a per mile in it. So it seems to work all right if, you, I'm sorry, if you're a good runner, they probably all work all right. But I, I think yeah, I think the Nikes, especially the vapor flies, aren't much good. Like there's just so much stack in the heel and they're just so unstable that if you're gonna land on your heel, there's a pretty good chance your ankle's going to go over at some point. Whereas mm-hmm. the Cicconi's are a lot more stable through there. They don't have as much instability. So I'm not specifically aware of, of those designs. Maybe that the new ASICs, they've designed slightly two different versions of the shoe. One of those is, is maybe more uh, going to work better for mere mortals and, and more standard running techniques, not those up and running at under three minute pace for a marathon. Um, yeah, I think the stability is the big thing to be very wary of as knowing how you run and, and what sort of support you need if you're thinking about venturing into this market.
0: Yeah. So I, I guess um, there's, there's no denying there's a benefit and the faster you are, the better. What do we think? And we're going to be speculating here because we haven't tested it. If you're a four and a half, five hour marathoner running whatever that speed that is, let's say six minute Ks or slower, what do you reckon? Would you be would you be encouraged to, to wear something like this, or would the the the, in, the potential injury risk because we're not saying it leads to injury, but the potential injury risk due to more eccentric load and instability and stuff would that um, outweigh the, the maybe the half percent gain that you might get because you're running so slow? That's where I'm getting at. Look, you're running so slow. Is there a benefit? And we're speculating here. Is there a benefit for a, a six hour marathoner to wear these shoes, or should I stick to something that's more stable for them? Do you think?
1: Well. I think first thing to look at the, the same the same guy I did the study mentioned before did did his own case study if you like on himself where he ran it where he ran down as slow as six minute K's and having a look at this is uh, comparing the Vaporfly twos against his control shoe so similar circumstances um, he was th- at sixteen K's now so three forty five pace he was three point eight percent better from an economy perspective when he ran down at six minute K pace he was only one point six percent better uh, and even five minute k pace was 1.4 so that's sort of slightly in between wasn't as good so I, I would say i mean that's a n equals one it's one person in the study you'd need a lot more people to test it to see if that held true or if the, the trend was actually further down but uh, there'd have to be at some point a breaking point where yeah is it actually doing is it actually doing anything from improving economy Or is it just psychologically you've got a pair of really cool shoes on? So you're going to run a little bit better across a marathon if we're talking these slower speeds. Yeah. We're
0: speculating either way, but we're looking at it. I mean, 1% still okay. Uh, But again, if you're running obviously six minute Ks, you can probably do some other things to improve your speed anyway. Um, But yeah, I I guess the message here is don't just put them on and expect to do well because you're going to be bloody sore. Give them a good, good try out before marathon day and you know, you're probably not going to train too much in them because you know they've only got a certain number of k's before the foam compresses and is no longer beneficial but um you yeah, don't just go from wearing a normal shoe to a super shoe on race day and do well hey maybe you will do well but jesus christ you'll be sore <laughs> from all the eccentric loading so um play around with whatever works for you i guess go and, and maybe we give another shout out to Holland. go see somebody who knows what they're talking about. So we've got a little bit to do with with Steve. Do you want to give them a quick overview of, of you know, why Steve versus just a traditional, I don't know, um, yeah, if you're shoe out, shop?
2: I mean, I, I'm not sure if all, I've only been to the running company in Lillardale, so I'm, I think they're all a pretty similar philosophy around the place if you do go to a running company. But Steve and Beck out in Lillardale are both, like, gun runners, know what they're talking about, what's this like, research and pick whatever shoes they're stocking. They they know why they're stocking them or what the reason is behind them. Um, so if you're looking for a shoe for a certain purpose or you, you're interested in trying a few of those, they're definitely uh, – I'll be encouraging people to go there for a little while now. Um, and in a week or two, you'll be able to go back in and have a full – book. if you give them a call, book in a full assessment. They'll put you on the treadmill. You'll put on five, six, seven shoes. They'll video you slow-mo with the iPad, look at what's happening with your foot strike and you're, you're the way you pronate or supernate or whatever it might be. And then give you some recommendations based on that. If you're desperate, you can do a similar thing and jog up and down the street. Like I did since we're not allowed to shop in store at the moment. Um, but yeah, they're definitely ones. And just on that last conversation, like if you've got the money and if you've got the time and the ability to research them, I, I can't see any of these shoes making you slower, no matter where you are. So yeah. I think if nothing else, if if you're not at a speed where you're going to get the propulsion forces from that foam and and from that plate, you're going to be wearing a very light, very soft cushioned shoe. And if you are a slow marathon runner and you're going to, a slower marathon runner, I should say, and you're going to be up around the five-hour mark or something like that, I'm tipping you're going to be thankful for that nice soft ride towards those last couple of hours. And whether that's actually making you faster or whether that's going to make you more comfortable throughout the race race. I think, uh, yeah, you've got super light shoes that have got lots of cushioning in them. It, I can't see it being a bad thing as long as you can do the research because, yeah, some of them are super unstable and at slow speeds, you'd be feeling like you're about to tip off a cliff half the time, but some of the others not so much and you, you I'm sure you'd be able to find one. Well, I know the New Balance RC Elite, I think they're called, or something like that, are, are super popular. And I think in that study, they don't show quite the same percentage improvement as the Nikes and the Adidas or the Asics and maybe the Adidas, but um, people love the feel of them on their foot and they're, they're comfortable and ride well. And yeah, I think you probably can find one, but yeah, they're not, uh, they're not cheap and they don't last for a huge number of K. So well, they don't keep giving you benefit from a huge number of Ks.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good summary. Like you've got the the foam which is going to be beneficial at some point regardless. It's going to be comfortable and then you mentioned that the actual the weight of the shoe is lighter than normal and over it doesn't it, the slower you are the better in that, in that case like the light of the shoe you're going to be thankful cuz you'll be taking more steps over the course of a marathon potentially. Um and that's going to really you yeah, know a couple of grams less on the on your feet is going to make the um you running a lot easier as well so that's a good summary
2: you could be taking 40,000 steps at might a few grand yeah. 40,000 times would be pretty helpful
0: yeah absolutely uh, i'm not sure when we're launching this podcast nick but i'm going to i'm going to i'd imagine that uh people should be able to walk straight in the door now and, and do their do their analysis you know two weeks on, as of today we probably won't release this for a few weeks so people should be able to jump straight in um get some expert advice and rather than doing the, the awkward you know, you put your shoe on and you do some awkward movements in the shop to see if it feels comfortable. You actually get to go for a run in them and get some analysis. So, yeah. uh, let's leave it there. That's long enough. Uh, any questions? Send us send Nick an email, nick at or Instagram page at Met's Performance. And I say we'll we'll link the the study that we're just referring to, the Instagram page in the show notes. So have a look for yourself. And um, and if you're looking in the market for getting some new shoes, then um, yeah, give them a go. But just make sure you do the, give them a a good training run before marathon day, just to make sure that you, you know, pull up all right from it. That's it for today, guys. Hope you found that useful and we'll speak to you on the next one.
1: Hey podcast, Nick from Mets here. Hopefully you enjoyed another great episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. If you wanna keep up to date with any future episodes we produce, other content we create here, or just anything that's happening in the lab here in general be sure to click the link below sign up to our weekly updates we're going to receive some absolute gold in terms of what's happening in the lab what are we seeing and observing and also some of our old content as well that you might have missed to further understand the science behind endurance performance so if you are interested make sure you do click the link below sign up for those weekly updates and head over to our social media as well follow us along at instagram at mets performance head over to facebook we have a great youtube channel as well be sure to check out all of our great content that is already up there but also some of the great stuff that is coming soon thanks again be sure to share the podcast hopefully enjoyed another episode and we'll see you in the next one